0: Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to WP Tonics This Week in WordPress and Tech. This is episode 710. <laughs> can you believe it and I am here with a delightful group of geeks I'm so happy to share the screen with these folks today um, before we dive in and meet our panel shall we hear from our major sponsors
0: allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor if you're looking to get into podcasting Castos is for you no penalties on the amount of downloads and the support should you need it is the best in the industry Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis with free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix. BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com. And see for yourself, you seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com.
1: And we're back. If you guys want to check out some more cool stuff from our sponsors, you can go to wp-tonic.com. No, wp-tonic.com slash recommendations. And you can see what kind of offers are on deck for the tribe from the sponsors. And... Go to the newsletter page as well and sign up so you can hear all of Jonathan's extra little tidbits uh, about each week's episode. Now, on to our panel introductions. Why don't we start with the fabulous Jonathan Denwood?
2: Hi there, Stephanie. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We build membership websites and education websites for entrepreneurs and businesses. Back over to you, Steph.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. Andrew Palmer in the house. Hello there, I'm Andrew Palmer
2: from Bertha. Uh, A
0: AI uh, Bertha AI, an AI solution where it WordPress allows you to work where you right where you work. I'm tired today, guys. I've been Do you
1: want to like, practice that one first? And try no, like,
0: uh, do probably, that. Uh, <laughs> okay. AI, Andrew Palmer, find me. <laughs> Let's, hope like I... Let's
2: hope Roddy does better.
1: Ah. It's what, well, I, what I say to my mom all the time when she's telling a joke or a story. Say it in your head first. Say it in your head first. I did. All right, Vito Peleg.
3: Hello, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm the fa- co founder and CEO of uh, Adorim, which is a platform that helps agencies and freelancers uh, to collaborate visually uh, on their websites. And I'm also the AI of Bertha. Stop.
1: <laughs> so, so mean.
3: Yeah, that's it.
1: That's it. The end. The AI of Bertha. Great. Good to know. Uh Ronnie Burt. Introduce yourself, pretty please.
4: Hey, yes, I am Ronnie Burt. I am with Sensei LMS plugin at Automatic.
1: Awesome,
5: Sally Getch. I am Sally Getch, rhymes with sketch, the WP fangirl, and uh, you may be graced by a visit from my cats.
1: Ah, well, let's hope. My name is Stephanie Hudson. I am also the AI of Bertha. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I also, I'm doing a little marketing. I'm the CMO of Bertha AI, and I also run a company. I'm the co-founder of Focus WP. Uh, all right. Why don't we dive into our stories, you guys? First up, we are going, because I did it slightly out of order. I know, I'm going to hear about it later, Jonathan. I did the ad and then the intros. You know what, though? I think it's fine. I don't think anybody will really care. I, I uh, lit, we're gonna I, jump... I, I'm going to
2: let you off, Stephanie.
1: Okay, thank
2: you. Even even if I did it.
1: <laughs> you Never hear the end. Uh, okay, let's go to WPTavern.com. We've got an article by Sarah Gooding. Titled WordPress Executive Director says 5% in Five for the Future program is aspirational and not required. So, this is what Joseph is saying, but is that in practice really true? Is it, there's a lot of, there's just people have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, let's see here. Who wants to go first? Meanie, Meanie. Me. I feel like Andrew has something to say. I could see it on his face. What do you got, Andrew?
0: Well, when you're the director of WordPress and your CEO, Kind of just completely stomped all over that by saying certain hosts are um, dangerous because of five for five and not contributing enough, you know, per capita, whatever. It's a it's, it's typical mixed messaging from automatic and then WordPress. So I think she's done a good job in explaining what it's all about, and she's calmed the waters um, because whoever contributes. Is, is great whether you do three lines of code or whether you do 20 hours of sponsored work or whatever. Whoever contributes to WordPress is doing a great job. And the badges and the kudos and the, all that kind of stuff can only lead to um, jealousy or, you know, some toxicity. And I think I, I think it's, um, you know, if you want to contribute to WordPress, do, do so. It's great, but do we need to be, shouted about that we contribute to WordPress or $600,000 in sponsorship or I did this or I built this theme or whatever. You know, I, I think all could. everybody who uses WordPress, who buys a plugin, who uses the WordPress.org, they're contributing to WordPress because they're using it. That's the biggest contribution you can make to WordPress is to use it and continue to use it, in my view. How, how do you feel, Ronnie? What
1: do you think about this article?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think back to um, before I was at Automatic, at, at um, WPMU Dev and InkSub for, for a long time. Like Five for the Future was was something that we committed to and wanted to be part of because it was just a good reminder that we needed to give back to the software and the community that was basically all of our livelihoods were based off of. And I... Uh, I was kind of trying to, I read through a lot of the comments and, and some of the Twitter conversations and things like that. And something that kind of stuck out, I guess, is that it sounds like the original intent, which is what I always thought it to be. was like a motivating factor, maybe an extrinsically motivating factor, but it was supposed to get people to want to pledge kind of like, a, you know, those big uh, thermometers that you have, like nonprofits have when they have like a pledge drive or a fund drive, right? It's supposed to be just this kind of goal that we look towards. But now it sounds like people are, um, it's, it's kind of like gamifying or extrinsically motivating. Like I was saying, maybe some of those kinds of things that we're kind of used to, there's a different perception that people have on when you're publicly listing leaderboards or something like that. And I wonder if this is a shift just in general beyond fiber of the future as well, which is something that's very interesting to me. and in um, you know online courses or membership sites and all these things that we're doing where we're, where we're publicly listing accomplishments or pledges. I know there's differences and nuances, but I, maybe there's a bigger bigger shift there too.
1: Bella, you've got some thoughts?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely believe this is how uh, Josefa uh, conceives of Five for the Future and probably how most people do. And we're all still kind of wondering what Matt was smoking that day. Uh, uh uh that he made that comment about or drinking uh, maybe drink. uh, 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 uh uh about uh, uh, uh go daddy because uh, uh yes i mean there's never been a system established for uh, uh you know checking do, does anybody give you know precisely 5% and 5% of what in what sense or any of like, like nothing was ever formalized to that degree. And while, you know, people like to see that their contributions are being acknowledged, and that's one reason why, you know, having a little badge because I'm a meetup organizer and I've spoken at WordCamps um, uh, uh, is nice because, you know, it's a lot of unremunerated time. Uh, uh, but, how much time, I mean, as, as Josepha points out in this, this statement that's quoted, you know, doing things like contributing to open source is something that you can only do if you are in a position of certain privilege, that you actually have something called spare time that you can afford to uh, 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 give to something uh, without getting anything back. Uh, And of course, you know, a lot of these projects are started by, uh, you know, young people uh, still in school, don't really have to worry about like managing the day job. And this is part of why, well, suddenly uh, plugins uh, get abandoned because, you know, the plugin developer had to get a day job and suddenly had priorities. And so, you know, this is why there have been arguments about, you know, sponsoring people to uh, contribute that the, uh, you know, the larger businesses, the GoDaddies of the world and the, you know, the other hosting companies and some of the larger agencies can afford to pay somebody to work full time on the WordPress project uh, and they get benefits uh, from it Uh, As well, it's certainly uh, beneficial to the hosting companies to be deeply involved. Uh, But uh, for a single person business, that's more difficult. And therefore, um, you know, for people to feel pressured uh, uh, to give more than they can actually give is, you know, that that is not going to be successful. And all groups that operate on a volunteer basis run into this.
1: I'm dealing with a bit of, uh, <laughs> we've got some unfortunate elements of human nature at play here, right, you guys? So if we say, like, let's all out of the goodness of our hearts do what we can, then unfortunately most people do nothing. Uh, if we say, like, okay, if you, if you do something, we'll give you a gold star, we'll give you a sticker, that's like a little bit childish, and yet it still kind of motivates people somehow. If you say like you should give this amount, nobody can just have a general thing. We all want to make it a lot. Oh, that's a rule. Like it's all these weird elements of human nature, isn't it? Like there's the competitive elements and the selfish elements. And uh, and in the meantime, it's all supposed to be about something that is good and pure and giving and helping. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a mess, isn't it? What do you yeah. think, Jonathan?
2: Oh, yeah, well, that's life and it's messy, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. Jo uh, will be coming on the show in a couple of weeks' time. I'll be interviewing cool. her. That's cool. And uh, I'll be asking her uh, a little bit about this. I'm sure she'll be delighted to answer my questions in the very tactful oh, and calming way that she so professionally She's a pro. shows She's a pro. our, um... It must have been extremely difficult. I would imagine there were some um, difficult discussions at the heart of Automatic. Um, obviously, Matt, that particular day, had had a hard day with GoDaddy, you know, hit the scotch bottle. Um, looked at his photos and videos of his trip to Antarctica as he was si- sipping his scotch. And he just got onto the Twitter to vent his frustrations. Oh, with GoDaddy, you know. I would imagine. I would imagine his Twitter account has been taken away from him. You know, uh, um, who knows? Uh, um, um, it was a. It was a bit of a. Bit of a mess up, wasn't it? But in some ways, he dears you to Matt. You know, even though because. You know, he's not one of see these. That's what's
1: coming in your comment. Well, he's, at least
2: he's not one of these awful grey-suited CEOs. You know, for all his faults, at least he's a human being. You know, he's a real kind of quasar, real person, not one of these. But on the other hand, he's he's in front of an organisation of over two thousand people, so. I think the balance went a bit skew, but on the other hand, I wouldn't want him to be forced to become some grey suited archetypal CEO because that would be a bit sad. That would be a bit sad.
1: What's the the date today, Jonathan? Just saying nice things about Matt Mullenweg?
2: Somebody <laughs> write it, it say, is Spencer's weird.
1: not here? Is that why? Is that why you're in such a good mood? You're being so nice because Spencer's yeah. not here I've now. Say, you know, he was there for with the scotch at night. That's what I'm saying. We all have our know, scotch moments, you know. <laughs> yeah. Vito, do you have any thoughts on this? Are you bored of this story like I am? Because we've just been talking about it for weeks. It's like, who cares? Oh, yeah. Anyway, Vito, what we're- do you think? We the
2: have. This keeps on talking about
1: it, so I thought about. It.
3: Yeah, but you know, I think that um, that this type of topic, because it's been getting uh, some uh, um, some traction on in the community recently, uh, maybe something is going to actually move. Yeah. In some kind of a direction, um, so I think that this is a these are all positive conversations that we're having around this. I think that finally people are coming off of their trees a little bit when it comes to this uh, uh, to, the, to the concept of five percent. That if you remember on the show a few weeks ago, I was I was sh- saying that it's um, it's a rule of thumb. It's not a it's not a rule. You know, it's just like an, an 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 idea that you can aspire to and and contribute to that type of degree, so that it's an
0: aspiration.
3: An aspiration, exactly. Like, so maybe she heard me on the show. No, but uh, <laughs>
1: probably. Uh, yeah. Well you see, uh, probably she got out of her tree. She got out of her tree.
3: Uh, uh, yeah. Well, everyone know. is kind of like taking things in. coming out of the tree right now. Yeah. Well, it must. Have, you know. Um, you know. Yeah, in so serious.
2: In seriousness. Is- in seriousness, Stephanie, she must have thought about resigning. Really, you know, there must have been there must have been there must there must have been there must have been. There must have been. My God, so
0: much worse things have happened in WordPress. Blimey!
2: Well, there must have there must have been a really serious discussion. You know, come to it, must have been a bit of a group hug of the top issue. She
0: probably just called him and went, Matt,
2: Matt. Stop
0: oh, it. Just get be able to, Just
1: get like, the torch, mate. mate. Don't, get off oh, that We're Twitter. moving on. We're yeah. moving on. we over it. Yes. Yeah. it. Next up, theverge.com. We've got an article. Crypto lending company Celsius Network has filed for bankruptcy by Sean Bondi, Hollister. Bondi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're accusing them of being Ponzi scheme. It's all these people. They put a pause on their...
2: I was rich. I was rich last week. I'm poor now. I need all the sponsorship I can get.
1: Yeah,
2: Ronnie, can Can you come and help? help?
1: Uh, No, nine dollars a share to twenty three (laughs) cents.
2: There's no point asking Andrew because he won't help. Uh, um, So there we go. Uh, um, So uh, I won't give up. up.
0: Jonathan,
1: do you have anything of value to add to this story? No, I just needed. uh, No, okay. He's not not happy now.
0: (laughs) Ask for money.
2: Yeah, right. It's just asking but, for money in public. Right. Like now, uh, no, I'm only kidding you, Angel. I'm only having a little dick. So, um, dick. so that is my purpose, oh, isn't it? Uh, um, so, yeah, well, I don't know. You know, what did they expect? It, it was pretty obvious to me that this was going to implode. He had, he had all the signs of the dot-com bust. Really, didn't it, Stephanie? It had all the the taste of it. And these crypto bro types, and there's a few of them in Reno, there's a couple crypto clubs, and I know a few people, and they're ardent. Ardent it's like a you know, you think WordPress is a kind of quasar religion. You mix you'd start mixing with these crypto bro types. Um it's like a religion with them, and it had all the signs of a uh, it was going to implode, and it has. What what could go wrong, Stephanie? You know, it, that, that's my take on it, Stephanie.
1: Ronnie, what uh, are you a crypto guy?
4: I'm not really a crypto guy. I definitely don't understand like NFTs and all that. But I do kind of try to read and keep up with what's going on. And as Jonathan was mentioning, the, the dot com bust. Like, um, what happened after the dot-com bust a resurrection and websites and, and all these things, like, you know, it continued to increase again. And I guess what I'm kind of seeing is that um, maybe this is some quick correction, and but maybe crypto is still not going anywhere. Like, it's probably still here to stay. It's just going to look a little bit different and be a little less bro perhaps.
1: Oh, let's hope. Yeah, uh,
4: Andrew... <laughs> I
1: know
0: you've got thoughts. Bye, beware. That's all I'm going to say.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Vito, do you do crypto?
3: I do not. Um, I do other stuff, but not necessarily crypto. My sister, though, is that's, really... That's a different show. That's a different show. <laughs> yeah, it's a different show. My sister is really deep uh, uh, into the NFT, crypto type of world.
1: Really? Yeah. Um,
3: She's like really into it. She's um, a, and they made a whole bunch of money, her and her husband, uh, over the past couple of years out of it, and uh, they've kept their hand on the pulse because they're kind of active players. So, um, what people have done with with this, or from from uh, my understanding, uh, a lot of this, uh, uh, people have been treating crypto like they've been treating traditional stock, and that's not really the same reality. Um, it's a different game. it was more of a forex kind of play which is makes sense because it's currency uh, where you want to go, go in go out you know in that kind of way unless you are a nation you know in this way in which case you invest a lot and you let it sit for decades uh, so people have been treating this like I'll buy this for 10 years from now and then just got wiped out completely uh, in all of these uh, type of uh, things and this is only one article, but there's a bunch of them that are just like, um, just being evaporated um, um, over the past uh, two months. And it's probably going to keep happening over the next few months. Um, and then it's just going to be like a reset. In my opinion, it's going to be a reset of this uh, of this channel where it's going to be a little more moderate, a little more calm, and people are just going to... That's how it. a bubble works, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, by the way, do you guys know, do
3: you
1: know how to act? How do you ask somebody if they're vegan, uh, do CrossFit or crypto? You don't have to, they'll uh, just tell you.
0: <laughs> come on then.
1: That's it. That's the joke. It's not that great. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
4: Oh, you
0: don't have to, they'll just tell you. Yeah. yeah. That was very, very, uh, that's that's very divisive, Stephanie and I might have to write to my lawyer.
1: <laughs> sure, go ahead. Uh, Jonathan, do you have a follow-up on that, or are you ready to... Well, the,
2: the, the, it is very like what Ronnie was saying. It is very like what happened in the early, you know, you know, Web 2.0, you know, before that, the bust. Because blockchain, I, I really do think there's some, you know, definitely blockchain and the technology behind it is really going to change everything in the next ten years on the financial side of how you move money and also how you prove that you own something digitally you no know, copyright um it you know it's obvious it is a fundamental technology, but just like the early days of the internet it's it's all this froth isn't it it's you know, it, 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 I it think was.
5: every new technology has to get past the get rich quick stage in order to like evolve into. All right, here is the actual utility of this thing. Stage,
3: yeah, and there's been like um, billions of dollars invested into Web three startups um, in very much in the same way that it's happened um, back back uh, at the end of the '90s, where there's no business model whatsoever it's zero business boys. it's crazy
0: yeah. it's, it's crazy,
3: crazy. Uh, it's give just, me 250 million i'll build some web3 stuff that's that's basically yeah. the conversations that are going <laughs> on it's crazy yeah it's crazy. I, I saw i saw a tweet i don't remember which company it was i saw a tweet uh just this week about uh a company that raised uh 37 million and lost it all in two months
2: well, the 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 moment I knew the shark, the moment I knew the shark had jumped, jumped, was when Andrew, when me and Andrew were interviewing this week, David Siegel, and he was talking about his former boss, now David Siegel, the CEO of Meetup, a really fantastic guest, wasn't he, Andrew? And he um, and, and, and he was talking about his days with Neeson. Um, and when I heard Neeson and his wife were going, were trying to get a environmentally green crypto exchange of whatever it was, I think it was to do with you can exchange green credits, whatever. I knew the shark had jumped. You know uh, what could get you? I knew, I knew this was going to be the. Burst the bubble in a way when you know I just knew it in my heart. But that there we are. There. The,
1: just one quick thing, and that is that the shark doesn't jump. The fawns jumps.
2: Jumps the yes. shark. Fawns jumps. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Thank right, you.
1: So we got to move on. We got a lot. We got six stories today, and we got to plow through them. This next one is specifically WordPress. So let's get going on that. Masterwp.com, uh, an article from Brian Kord's, two proposals for coding standards in WordPress. Uh, who? What do we think about this, you guys? Standards, coding standards, yay or nay? I Sally, love them in think?
5: principle and tend not to follow them very well.
1: <laughs> Here we go with human nature again, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so although think? this is
5: part of why, right. you know, you can just run your code through a formatter and it will take There's care a, of that part.
4: As a non-developer, I'm not the best qualified to speak to it, but I do work with lots of developers and on different teams. And I see that we sometimes spend more time on the process than like what we would have like we could have accomplished more, <laughs> like if we would have just got started with the work that we're trying to do. And I've also seen that we have standards, we have guidelines, we have all these great plans, and then we don't follow them anyway. So
0: I, I think if you don't have standards, you can end up and I've been there, people, been there, done it. If you don't, you know, with developers that I've employed, if they're not doing stuff to standard, then you can end up with um some legacy problems. Um so we need we need good standards and we need to make sure that what we're building is is right from the start, you know, because anybody can hack together a plugin um, and not work to standards, not annotate their, their uh, code or do the code in the right syntax or whatever. or Use a use um, a, a similar, you know, take bootstrap, for instance, if you're building in bootstrap, then you really got to replace bootstrap with your your own um ids and stuff like that because otherwise you might break someone's website that's built on bootstrap or you might break wordpress and we've been there and done that so yeah standards of course have standards
4: i think what i was trying to say to elaborate on that though is that there's some balance like at some point you can have two like a, a standard that doesn't make a difference in the end or something and i don't know about these two specific Things that have been pitched. But uh, I've just seen many times that we will end up spinning our wheels over like, what's the real problem that we were trying to solve? Like, is it, is it that big of a
5: deal? Uh, well, yes. I mean, the agreeing on what is the standard can be a time consuming thing. And hopefully, on a particular project, you know, that's something that gets established in the beginning. And, and then, you know, uh, uh, people adhere to that, whether or not they especially like it. I mean, as, as I said, you know, it's, it's not like the old days when everybody was arguing about tabs versus spaces, because you can just, you know, run a tool on your code and it will change uh, uh, to whatever uh, you need in that department. But yes, if you have one person working on a, on a project, it doesn't necessarily matter so much about that uh, uh, standard. But if you've got a bunch of people... And you need their code to work together and you need to figure out, you know, uh, how things compare. Or you're doing something like creating the Internet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like how many uh, of us remember the days when you would come to a website and it would say, you need to view this in Netscape Navigator or you need to view this in blah, blah. I mean, that's what not having standards uh, results in.
2: Yeah. I also think, Stephanie, a I thought it was a great article because I think there's a big issue. I think, you know, we deal with a lot of clients, so does Andrew, we all do. You know, you do in your business, Stephanie, and a lot of it is plug-in conflict. Um, and it does leave a bad t- taste with the average user of a owner of a website. Um, and it goes, you know... It goes with a little bit of naivety that you're getting all this power and you're not having to spend tens of thousands of dollars having all this functionality coded. It's available in plugins. But it's also really frustrating that your, you know, a website can go with an update of a particular plugin conflict. And um I think this is linked to, especially when you're dealing with paid plugins. Um, and I know I know that this has been pushed, but it's just a shame that if you've got a commercial plugin- and you can't have it checked over by a team at wordpress.org, you pay for the checkover, and then you get your blue tick. Saying that it's passed a certain standard, it it won't mean that if you install the free version and then update the pro version, it's not going to take down your whole website. You got you got, and that money could then go to help sponsor word camps sponsor people that can't afford to go to word camps and sponsor people that want to contribute to wordpress but haven't got the financial resources to do it so i felt it could be a real win-win for everybody and that's what i attempt to do in my business career is have a win-win situation for everybody um but it doesn't see it to me, it's a gold golden opportunity, Stephanie, but it doesn't s- seem to ever
3: going to pan
1: out. Uh, has everyone had a chance to comment? Vito, you haven't said anything on this, have you?
3: Um, I think that... Yes, I'm uh, unmuted. Uh, I think that... Um, well, Plugin conflicts is the number one pain point for managing WordPress uh, websites. Um, and... Lack of standards within plugins is the biggest um, challenge to security, uh, performance, and just reliability of the of the entire CMS. So, um, having proper standards uh, is always something that is important to follow and to look into, and to actually care about. Um, when it comes to creating products or even if if not, even if you're building websites and you're creating just a snippet of code for a client website and you're not uh, considering these things, maybe you never even read them, <clears throat> your code is probably going to conflict with one of the 69 thousand other plugins that were created by about one hundred and fifty thousand other people that are uh, that are contributing to the same code that you are part of uh, and getting so many people in sync. It's a challenge. That's why these things are extremely important um, to, um, uh, to abide by. Uh, so I'm all up for it. I think that this is uh, something that we should see more of. Uh, I think there should be some automation tools built by WordPress to make sure that uh, these things are happening properly. For example, when it comes to plugins... Um, there is plugins and themes. There is a code review team. They will go and they will give you suggestions and they will tell you exactly what you need to improve or change within your plugin uh, to make sure that it's uh, that it's within the standard. But it happens only once when you deploy. Um, every other update is up to you for forever. And so um, I wouldn't use a plugin that is version 1.0 even though in some cases that's the safest bet that you can do because that's the plugin that was actually reviewed.
1: All right, guys, we're going to move on. Uh, we are run- We're running a little bit behind today. So next up is an article on techcrunch.com. Uber is facing lawsuit from dozens of women, actually hundreds, it looks like, maybe the law, lot- yeah, it says as many as 550 women. Uber facing lawsuit from dozens of women over sexual assaults by drivers. Since this is a very much a uh, like a a woman issue, I guess I don't know. This is it's all women putting this. Sally, do you want to chime in first?
5: Um. Oh, well, uh, uh, have if you ever is... been
1: attacked by an Uber driver?
5: Um. I can count on one hand the number of times I've been in an Uber and it's always with my husband. Uh, uh, so, no, I have never been attacked by an Uber driver. Um, something like one in five women in the U.S. Uh, uh, get attacked by somebody. Uh, 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 the statistics are, are pretty horrifying. Um, uh, uh, but... Uh, you know, having heard this sort of thing about Uber before, I'm not surprised. It's still, you know, staggering when you think about it. I would also imagine there are some men who have been uh, 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 assaulted and even sexually assaulted in Ubers. Uh, uh, they may not be part of this uh, lawsuit, um, uh, you know, that, uh, for whatever reason. Um, but Uh, And I have heard of cases of drivers being attacked uh, by passengers. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's worth noting uh, uh, this uh, issue and uh, seeing what becomes of it. um, I'm, you know, uh, uh, somewhat more curious about the, uh, you know, the leaked files about the way the company uh, uh was operated uh, <clears throat> and um, you know finding out uh, finding out more about uh, that
2: yeah it's um, there's so many parts to this story um because um, because the story around uber is and it, there's an element of truth about it they were in a Fight to the death with established players that didn't want Uber to get anywhere, and because they they were fighting a very established industry with strong political influence um, in in Europe, in North America. This this was the story that was internally told in Uber that. That allowed them a number of practices that have come to light. And Jarvis, the founder and CEO of Uber, isn't somebody that I really respect. And I've never met him, but it's not somebody that I have any inclination to meet. Um, you know, but that's water under the bridge. But it gave him the excuse. And there's an element of truth. They were in a commercial fight to the death to build Uber up under a lot of um, unfair political pushback. Um, But I felt in the company it was just used as an excuse to... You think
1: they rushed they rush through some things and cut corners on safety in order to do well
2: the pay the release you know and a lot of this came from Jarvis and the way he wants to run a business and his attitudes um as Andrew knows that it's not owned but as Andrew probably knows because he lives in the u k it's not only uber there was a there was a taxi driver um a black cab driver that drugged. And attacked a number of women in London. It was appalling, and he got caught in the end. But he attacked over thirty. I think it was over between twenty and thirty women. He, this black drive, black cab driver, attacked. He was a monster. Uh, um, so, what so does the
1: company bear for these actions of their employees? That's a that's kind of the core of the issue isn't it like it i mean when you're in a service industry like that is it uber's responsibility what where does their responsibility well you
2: see the the thing is though in the court (laughs) you know it all come out in court is that the release of these papers it seems by by the release of these internal papers that 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 jarvis and the upper executive team of uber were well aware of the problems and for commercial um benefit they they just they just put it to one side and it's a rush for growth and they didn't build the internal structures and they really didn't care but you know it all come to light when it, Stephanie?
5: Well, it is sort uh, of a piece with the uh, horrific sexism uh, of the, uh, uh, you know, executive uh, office and among the, the development and engineering team, which Vito, is... Peter,
3: do you have thoughts? Um, I think that there's probably a lot more than 550 uh, cases out there uh, related to this, but um, If not, that's actually a pretty good stat uh, compared to the scale of the company. Um, Not nice, but considering the considering the size. Yeah,
5: I mean, there's all the information we don't have about. Well, what is the like comparable stat for Uber's competitors? I mean, on its own, it's uh, it's ugly. But what is the context?
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Andrew, you're muted.
0: Luckily. Uh, my brother happens to be an Uber driver, and um, he he went through a thing called a CRB criminal records bureau check. He also has to register with the TfL, which is the Transport for London Authority, which then give him another kind of CRB check. Then he has to supply three references from people that are not family, so managing director, doctor, lawyer, whatever, and then he gets to do his license and every year he has to have more references and they're also very strict on um, conversations that uber drivers have in the car if a car, if a conversation is deemed inappropriate by a passenger and that passenger reports it the driver is immediately immediately suspended without any question they until under, they're under investigation and, and they get taken off for three months and it happened to one of his friends he made an inappropriate comment to a woman in a car so he got suspended actually for six months so what's going on america you know you're not do, do you not have checking facilities do you not have um systems to oh no you don't really you don't really check people do you no guns and stuff you know things like that your checking systems are so bad it's crazy so anyone can get a job as an Uber. Anyone can get a gun. Anyone can go somewhere else. So it's not it's not um, Uber generally, or a company like Uber. It's the way that you can check up on people in America. They get references for them and, and stuff like that. And Uber are just like any government in the world. Look at our government hiding sexual predators. There's fifty one MPs in our Parliament currently under investigation for sexual. Advancements. so <laughs> that's
5: that's out of how how many in total
0: people as out of people, 659 people it's a crazy stat and that and some of them are still working and they're <laughs> investigation. it's crazy four of them have just been put in prison you know it's well just crazy. well, well yes
5: like let's let's figure out about uh um <clears throat> uh It took you six months to get a weapon in California. It must have been a handgun because I bought a rifle much more easily than that. I think they spent a week checking my record. Um, It's not that there are no ways to check things like criminal records and do background tests. And there are companies that that do drug tests. But yes, in in the beginning stages... Uber was not willing to do that. They have started doing more of that kind of, of thing uh, after being forced to and after, uh, uh, you know, the whole thing where Kalanick was, was kicked out because of the uh, scandal about the sexual harassment in the offices. Yeah, it it's, not, it's not
4: even. It's not even that they were not willing. That Uber wasn't willing, and this goes back to what Stephanie was saying about what's the company's responsibility. Like in in Austin here, where I live, about five years ago, um, we passed a law in the in the city that said Uber had to have background checks, and Uber fought that yeah. um, with I don't know how much, but millions and millions of dollars. I mean, I personally received dozens of people at my door, hundreds of things in the mail. I mean, they spent thousands of dollars just to try to get my vote probably. And and so Uber was actively trying to fight against some of these background checks and things like that. And that's where maybe um some
2: Yeah I think you, comes into play. I think you made a great point there Ronnie and I also see where Angie's coming from, but my brother he retired last year. He was a black uh, London black taxi driver for almost twenty-five years. For people
5: who are confused I- for um, people who are confused the cabs are black not black necessarily the, black the drivers
2: no, oh, so, right <laughs> uh, uh, thank you no, for you no, that um, and driver. if you wanted if you wanted to get if you wanted to get my brother's blood supply up and get into a real bit like me and Andrew if you want to start with me and my brother just mention Uber to my brother if you wanted to, to get him going yeah,
0: because he um, can't rip it, people off anymore. That's why they're so angry.
5: Well, um, you know, it, <laughs> because of it, course Uber it, never was, rips it, anyone and off. What do I,
2: but, Surge some, but some of their attacks, the black, the black cab association, their attacks on Uber, is based on truth because to because some of the things mm-hmm. that um, Andrew has pointed out that his brother has to do, Uber works. You know, they had, they took the London authority that has control to the high court. They literally had to go through, they literally, I think they got to the high court level. And in the end, they lost the case. Uber lost the case and they've been forced, forced to introduce all these security checks that Andrew has pointed out. So, but on the other hand, why my brother, Andrew, is partially correct, and I can't say it to my brother because I just don't right. want to get into the ugly argument. He hates Uber because it's effective competition and it affected his pocket. And I can't because I used Uber all the time in Portugal. I loved it. So Uh um, so, Three but, euros a trip. Awesome. One.
1: So cheap. It Three was so cheap.
2: Was, very, very
0: cheap. But the thing is, is that there are... Twenty five thousand black cabs in London, and they're always busy. So I don't get the the argument. They're just always. You can't still oh, get. If a cab you wanted
2: to, if Andrew, if you wanted to get my brother going, you just had to you. And I used to just say just to get him going. Sometimes, to be honest about it, but if you wanted to get him going, you only had to mention one word: Uber, and it would be. Op- off you know 20 minutes later
1: (laughs) i'd like to share just my like perspective as a female that does take uber um there's where i live it's not really convenient it's it's like uh, i'm a little bit outside the city so it's kind of expensive so i don't really do it here i just drive but um like as a girl when i'm traveling i use uber a lot and i travel alone a good bit or I stay at a hotel alone or whatever. And so when I take Ubers by myself, like I put on my phone tracking, like find my location and I share it with somebody. I am on alert. Like I don't, I try to not like wear headphones or things like that. It's just like how, you know, as females, this is how we learn to live and cope out in sort of an evil world uh, among strangers and stuff you know I mean it's horrible but like that's what you do I do like that Uber added in a feature to share your location with somebody and I think it's cool that they've put some things in the app like that if you're um, yeah like the comment right now Facebook user I don't know who I can't see who it is oh it's Kurt Von Annen, Um that they show you who's coming they give you the license plate the name the make and model of the car all of that Uh, I mean, that's good so that you can confirm you're getting into the right vehicle. The drivers usually say your name so that you know it's the right person, which is nice. So there are some small things in place like that. Uh, I mean, I think recording every conversation that happens in an Uber sort of crosses over into some other possible privacy, (laughs) you know, things like I've had conversations in the back of an Uber that I might not want Uber to have, you know, to have recorded someplace. But, um, But, you know, I think... If, I think that they should do what they can, but I, I don't like the fact that they're fighting against having to do background checks and stuff. But also, like as a human being, a vulnerable person, you have to look after yourself as well. Like I don't think that that absolves them of guilt, but I think you also have to take some precautions. I think
3: that one of the reasons why they're kind of um, pushing back on doing like addi- additional checks and things like that is because… The um, the model of a marketplace uh, requires a whole bunch of drivers, and so if you create uh, hurdles along the way, that that basically reduces the quality of the general service that you're that you're asked that you're expecting. You're not going to be able to click and get an Uber. You're going to wait for fifteen minutes, or not serve in this area, or you know and this kind of stuff. So. Uh, there's there's uh there should be like balances in these things i i the whole point is the efficiency of it uh so if that um if that is gonna hinder the service of the product then i guess that's one of the things that they have to push back and you, you need to look at this not from no we want people to be attacked you know what i mean there's probably uh, um, a um a reason that stands behind it.
1: Uh, Clayton asked in the uh, in the YouTube chat, uh, Stephanie, would you do the same thing in a regular cab or a lift? 100%. Like, I do it that if I sell something on Craigslist and I'm meeting in broad daylight in a public parking lot with other people around, like, I will call a friend and I will say, I'm going to meet somebody. If I don't call you back in five minutes, that means I'm duct taped in their trunk, please. <laughs> call the police, you know, so like, and then I do the transaction and I get back in my car and I call people like, that sucks that that's the kind of world that we live in. And I live in a pretty safe part of the country, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would take those precautions. So I'm not, and I am by no means victim shaming here. Like, I don't think that these women got attacked because they weren't protecting themselves. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just talking about responsibility when it comes to this organization, this corporate company, like what it, where is their rep you know, and I don't know the answer to it, but what is their responsibility? Well, okay, let's uh, go to a break. Is, is are
5: Uber, we ready? Or is, Sally, you got something else to spot, uh, wrap has up? Uber over. actually made a profit yet? Because it seems like their entire uh, model so far has relied on doing things uh, 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 that um, uh, 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 are meant to undercut their competitors and... Mm. So at some point if the money runs out mm-hmm. from a separate source of financing then what happens and where are all those convenient ubers and where is their market advantage?
2: I think Sally on the company. Sally's <laughs> been very insightful there. Thank you Sally. Um I think that is the key point of this whole discussion.
1: Well, since we've now got it solved, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our sponsors again. Our major sponsor. Sponsor or sponsors? Jonathan. Spons-
2: sponsors.
1: sponsors. Sponsors. I know. Sponsors. If you told me how to say it and I couldn't remember. It. Okay. Our major sponsors. We'll be right back.
4: Hey, it's Ben from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress,
2: then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today.
1: Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to use code wp tonic for a special discount just for the tribe with focus wp you don't have to worry about hiring firing or any other hr nightmares just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in focus on what you love outsource the rest And from the magic of post-production, we're back. <laughs> All right, we've got <laughs> that. These conversations have gotten deep today, y'all. This has been good. So now we are back onto a WordPress story in, on the Tavern, tavern.com, the article by Sarah Gooding. WordPress themes team contributors get pushback on proposal to improve block themes Visibility in the Directory, another tavern title that just absolutely rolls off the tongue. Um, we are talking here about basically they're trying to push certain things to the top in the theme directory base, and they're they're claiming it's for one reason, but then there's people fighting against it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Vito, what do you think?
3: So first of all, this week, um, uh, I had an opportunity to try... Um, create a menu in uh, in the new WordPress experience have you guys tried that <laughs> I couldn't figure it out I I, I, um, I kind of like gave <laughs> up and I just moved to a different theme completely because uh, I was I was doing a demo and I was looking for the menus tab and it wasn't there the theme uh, was like the latest uh, theme. So I went and kind of figured it out. It was just like uh, embarrassing. I felt like a like a complete noob uh, trying to figure out what. Yeah, you're, you're not
5: the only person who's been confused by the navigation block. There, <laughs> there are some steps. Uh, uh, I think to to improve its uh, <laughs> uh, comprehensiveness. But there, there's mind. a there's a nice little training
3: video on it. <laughs> I watched some stuff on YouTube in the middle of the demo. I pulled up uh, YouTube and just like. No way! I can't figure out how to create the menu, you know. Uh, but eventually, I did give up, and it was a night. Nice, it was super weird. Um, so, first of all, when it comes to the kind of uh, this block uh, table, the idea is to add another tab inside it. Uh, so, um, inside the themes kind of directory, so that people can uh, find. Um, a, a full site editing themes uh, easily. Uh, I I agree with the point that it's kind of going against a lot of the theme um, uh, authors that have been serving this repo for many many years. Uh, which I I don't like that. I think people are businesses are kind of reliant on that. There's nine thousand of them in there, um, and there's only from the article there's only like less than a hundred that are that are already. Um, full site editing kind of compatible um, so i'm actually on this on the on the group that would say no go let them rise to the top like anyone else
5: wait you think anybody else just rises to the top <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly
3: that's on the themes 100% look at the themes on the on the uh, most 2020
1: used. for life, right? 2020.
3: Oh, that's fine. That's the <laughs> default. That's the kind of official theme. That's fine, you know. But uh, I mean, from uh, from a, a third-party creators, 100%. Everyone that is there deserves to be there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, um,
1: Jonathan, what do you reckon?
2: Well, it's kind of linked. There was a great... Um, YouTube um video discussion um with Paul from WP Tuts with um Dave Frey. You know, um Dave is also he kind of moved is, away from WordPress but now he's decided and, and to and basically
0: back. went to Webflow and said I'm never gonna use WordPress again and now oh he's come back to WordPress. Yeah,
2: and I had a I had a bit of a go, surprise, surprise, Andrew. You've sampled that. I had a bit of a go at him. And he didn't like he didn't appreciate my remarks, Andrew. Um, Jesus. So, uh, um, so, but I did point that out to him, Andrew, and it did, it went down like a bucket of sick, actually. Uh, um, and um, horrible, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know. And um, I'm horrible anyway, and I. Uh, um, but this is a it's a really interesting discussion. Um, they had a really insightful discussion about Gutenberg themes, and it is related to this story because they, they come from a designer attitude. They, they come from a designer attitude because they're, they're both experienced web designers, and they're not from a developer background. They're from a, a front-end design um, Dave's an experienced front-end developer, and so is Paul, and they they were just having a real go at Gutenberg, and they're having a go at it because what you can't do any decent pixel-like designs with Gutenberg. It's just it you just can't unless you use third-party tools, and some of them are excellent. You just can't do it.
5: You can't do pixel perfect design when you. When you've you haven't been able to do really pixel perfect design since since responsive web design came into existence.
0: It's not Illustrator. I mean, you know, you got to, you got to work at it, and you got to use a bit of padding and a bit of margin and a thing. I've always said that Gutenberg is for developers, but you know, you've got third party blocks. You know, all these complain all these squeaky wheels, just complaining about things. <laughs> It's just crazy. And it's it's like the minor, minor users. You know, they're not, you know, and Dave Foy is a great designer. Don't get me wrong. He's a brilliant teacher. He used to be a teacher. Mm. But, you know, when, the, the answer well, he, he he's
2: is, he's excellent, isn't he? He's, he's a great not,
0: teacher. But the point is, is, is Jamie from Poodle Press, if you talk to Jamie, go get him on it and, show, and he'll, he'll show you some of his designs. And, yes, he does blocks as well. But he's a proper and always has been a proper advocate of Gutenberg. And to be honest, the all this nonsense around, I don't like it. Well, you know what? Don't use it. It's really mad. It's mad. There's so many other opportunities out there for using WordPress. You've got all the page builders. You've got straight coding. You've got straight, you know, you've got still Varto. I mean, you know, we had to fix an Avada site the other day. I haven't touched Avada for years. But it was it's a great, you know, the design was great and the site was functional. It was fine, so I don't get it. I just don't get all this this squeaky
2: well, wheel. Well, I, uh, I, I see where I see where you're coming from, Andrew, and part of me agrees with you. But on the other hand, I do. I think it's caused fragmentation, and, and for the end users, I think it's caused a lot of extra confusion. A rubbish. lot of it, no,
0: absolute rubbish. It depends on whether WordPress websites get installed every single day. Where's the fragmentation in that? It, it, it's crazy talk. It's fragmented the developer community, which is this much of WordPress. That's what I'm saying. There's the squeaky wheel syndrome. All of these smaller groups, the noisier you make yourself, the, the more toxic it becomes. So people have just got to start getting on with it and just use what they want. They don't want to use Gutenberg. No problem. They'll they'll be left behind. It's crazy. Crazy talk. Fragmentation. Like of the, the whole idea of having thing.
1: filters available. Pardon me? I like the idea of the filters being available. If I want to find something <laughs> that is full-site editing, I want to be able to find it. Yeah, I just don't think it's
5: filter, There should be well, Yes, there
1: was, there, there was a
5: filter. It was several layers deep. The, the, uh, apparently, the move oh, it is It was to, a couple layers deep.
1: To make to and make they're it. also calling it block, which is not necessarily because that doesn't necessarily mean it's full set editing it was all this, all uh, right? Editing.
5: Right? I mean, there's there's a I lot of discussion which you can office. which you can just um uh, uh you know sum up as you know hashtag WP drama. Uh, uh it's not that there's you know, like no reason at all for people who have developed themes to be disgruntled if there is a move to place, uh, you know, some of the newer, less tested uh, full site editing themes uh, up there prominently. On the other hand, it would make it consistent with the plugin directory, which already has, you know, a a section of block themes, block enabled plugins, and then, you know, see more block enabled plugins and then like popular and then blah, blah. Uh, 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 you know, and as uh, uh, as somebody points out toward the end of the uh, uh, the comments, you know, by the time that person had even gotten there to to read the article, uh, it had already been done. Um, and uh, uh, you know, every decision somebody makes, you know if they if they wanna if they were making the opposite decision, there would be a different loud group of people. Uh, uh, up in arms uh, because they had done that because people just have a deep a uh, a uh, 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 deep need to complain yeah i, I got to be honest
2: that is it right there i, I got to be honest um i don't know if i am bonkers i, I probably am wow. bonkers, bonkers but um i don't think paul from wp tuts is bonkers Andrew. but i do agree with I've never been torn on a subject than I am about Gutenberg. Um, I listen to people that are really pro-Gutenberg, really, you know, and I do see it has really moved on. And I, I just really want it to be usable, and I agree yeah. with Andrew. i I'm just want I it's just, just... want to get it done and over with and get yeah. rid, you know, but it just – but then I listen to somebody like Paul, and I, you know, I think Paul does a fantastic job to promote WordPress. Yeah. And, I, and then I have to agree with him, so I'm so torn. I, and I, but I do, I just like to get this over with and have it. And because I think it's used up a lot of energy in the WordPress ecosystem. All this It's just,
3: you, you know, say the
1: WordPress. Ego system because that
3: oh, might be a really good term. yeah ego, ego, that, ego
1: that's pretty brilliant the ego system what, what
3: kind of uh, like I agree with you that there is this is this has been the biggest uh, topic um, since I joined WordPress uh, you know just this discussion this ongoing discussion is Gutenberg good enough is it not good enough is it good enough uh, and um, and then on the other end you see other um, solutions that are popping up. Even last week, I think Paul did a great video about this new page builder that just came out from the guys that did the Oxygen. And um, version 1.1, it's awesome. It works. It's great. It's usable. You can do a whole bunch of stuff with it and you can just crack on with your work. You know, there's not. There's not this ongoing debate about uh, uh, maybe it's just around the corner and uh, please let's get this a little more in this direction, in that direction. They just ship the product that works, you know. And and guys, I, we've, I've been on this podcast three years ago. We had the same conversation. Yeah. You yeah. Know. I'm tired. And yet I'm lady. not
5: sitting around being torn while I'm actually building a site. I've made a decision about what's right for the the website and I build it. And,
3: the challenge, the challenge of selling is that you want to provide when you're building websites for clients, you want to provide them with a solution that is going to be viable for a few years ahead. And so if you're if you're going to use a technology that you used three years ago, then it's probably going to need changing to some degree. And if and I'm um,
5: this is technology, you'll be lucky if anything works a few years ahead without yeah. some level of updating.
3: I'm not saying not updating, but I mean, if you're gonna. So I remember towards the end of the Avada era, when we were installing Avada, I knew that it wasn't the right thing to do. I knew that I needed to install um, a, a Elemental at, at that point, or when we were using uh, Origin, what was it called? This Origin thing, uh, Site, Site Origin, I think. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I needed to install Visual Composer at that point in time. You know, and there's these cycles, these like four or five year cycles of technology that happens in our space but we we're always like you know even now with add we're kind of thinking all right we're gonna do a rebuild of the website are we going to use Gutenberg can we use it in some degree to to the same place should we use a plugin but then what's going to happen if Gutenberg released the features that some random guy that is sitting in the room built on his own in a few months that they can't do in three years you know uh, to to kind of complete the solution. Um, so it, it's just really kind of puts the whole thing in just a huge limbo that's been going on for three years. Andrews, if Andrew's only people three, 5%, it would get be
0: better. I use site origin. In fact, I used to use, um, we used to, when we, when we coded websites, we actually used to use our own little, or built our own little WYSIWYG editor, you know, where you could throw pictures in. You couldn't drop a drag and drop blocks or anything. But Site Origin, South African guy, I think, did yeah. it. And it, it it's I think it's still got about two million in active installs. You yeah. know, it's brilliant. And Vito uses another handy little um editor. Yeah, using
3: site. Uh, at some point, uh, yeah brilliant.
0: So you know that's brilliant. So yeah. or the guy, what we you know? do, what we do as developers, we always try we always overcomplicate things, right? Because we wanna, yes, we want to use a... a um Divi like Stephanie and I do, and Sally uses Gutenberg. She, she's fully signed up to Gutenberg now. You know, Vito is an Elementor guy. What are you? What are you using, Ronnie, to build websites? Just Gutenberg because you're Sensei and part of part of all that
3: yeah, business. You know. yeah. We'd love to but yeah. hear from, a bit from you, Ronnie, because you have like insight. Inside the company, you know, and kind of this... Oh,
4: I don't know that I have too much insight. I focus a lot on what I work on. But, I mean, I've been a, a Gutenberg user long before I joined Automatic and are, I have multiple sites that I maintain outside that are full-site editing. I use the navigation block to make menus and it worked for me. <laughs> but
3: uh, it doesn't mean that there wasn't... We can try to figure it out. <laughs> you
4: know, there's clearly room for improvement, but I mean... Uh, I think what Andrew was saying earlier, everybody uses what they want to use. That's the beauty of what we do. And as a plugin developer...
3: That's not really how the industry works. That's how how we, we like to think that it works. But in reality, there is one, two tools for each category that are the ones that you should be using because they are the ones that are either the now or the upcoming future, you know?
4: Oh, that's fair. Well, no, you I do also to... understand, as a plugin developer, you know when we we ship new features that don't work in certain themes or in a certain theme builder because we built blocks to handle it and they're not using blocks. I mean, it's a big nightmare, yeah. and it sure would be nice if we were all using something more standard. Well, yeah, we, get we, we, bad, Well, that, yeah, that we...
2: is that is sorry, Andrew. That is the problem, wow. isn't it? That yeah. is a lot of energy is being wasted in in the community around getting things to work on these multiple different quasars.
0: People are still using them and they're still buying. Elementor have disappeared off into the cloud, you know, they're sitting on cloud nine and, you know, Divi's going to do the same thing undoubtedly and then Beaver Builder, because they're just so laid back, they'll just go, oh, whatever, you know, because they just are loveliest proper laid-back people. Gutenberg is great if you want to use it. If you don't want to use it, that's great as well. There was a little thing about Oxygen. You know, they did a lifetime... Oxygen are doing a... They did a lifetime deal. I think it's still a lifetime deal. And they've brought out their own new page builder as well to basically try and get some money. And, you know, the the whole ecosphere that we're in is people making money, either premium or... Totally premium. You know, you've got lovely plugin developers like Sean Barton who just want to give away everything, and then suddenly realizes he, he actually wants a new car. You know, and then suddenly says, "Okay, how can I monetize this?" And then you've got hundreds of 1000s you've got thousands of those people who are doing stuff on on .org. You know, there are free plugins, and that's all you get. You don't get any support. You get forum support. I built this little plugin. If it's useful, great. Donate. You know, buy me a coffee or whatever. Just use what you feel is most appropriate, and if if the plugin gets deprecated, if it's free, well, do you know what you get what you pay for. <laughs> it didn't cost you anything in the beginning; it's going to cost you
1: something Andrew, what you're talking about is the user side, and Ronnie's perspective is, of course, based on his comments just now. He's talking about like ship, trying to ship a plugin that will work with everything, and you're saying just use whatever you want. I mean, it it is; it's not. As with all of these things, it's not a super uh, clear cut answer, I don't think. As we, I have done such a horrendous job of managing our time today, but this has been so good. Like this conversation, if Spencer was here, he would defend me. He would say, We don't have to stick to one hour. So, what we're going to do now, thank you all so much for the lively discussion, lightning round of recommendations. Andrew, go. I've
0: got one. I didn't even know what was going to be on her. Okay. Give me a thought. Give me a think, great. I'll think.
3: Okay, great. Vito, go. WordCamp Asia is uh, doing call for speakers and sponsors. And if you want to come and hang out in Thailand, now's the time to make a decision.
1: Spencer is listening, by the way. This is him. So that's good to know. Ronnie, what's your rec?
3: Yeah, um, if
4: if you're in a lot of meetings, a lot of Zoom calls or whatever, I've s- been recently using getmeter.com. It's dot rcom And it's free and it just puts in the the top of your toolbar on the computer, like a list of your meetings. And if it's a Zoom call or, or a meet, it automatically puts a button. So it just, just makes my life so much easier. I'll
2: put that into chat, Ronnie. Yeah. I'll make sure it's in the yeah. show notes. Nice. will
5: you. Sally. Uh, I would like to re-recommend something I recommended uh, several months ago, which is WP Sheet Editor, uh, which is a, a plugin for uh, editing um, posts in of and CPTs and products and whatnot in uh, a spreadsheet, sort of a layout. So that if uh, including the ability to like you know fill down and that kind of thing, so that if you've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, that you need to edit all at once. You can do it easily. Uh, and it does also uh, import from spreadsheets. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> this has, uh, can be very handy in the process of a uh, migration uh, when you need to convert one, uh, uh, one thing to another thing and change your custom fields and so on and so forth.
1: Great. Jonathan, what do you got for the tribe?
2: I've got a free resource if you're looking for free video footage for a website or you're looking for some footage to edit and do a mashup. And um, it's called um, Cover, -R 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 R I C O, And it's a great free service.
1: Yeah, those are great. I've seen those. Uh, My rec for the week is an app called Cloud Mounter, which I've been using quite a bit. I have three different or four different Google Drives, and I prefer to use uh, Finder on my Mac to access the files instead of having to go so I can do the previews and all that kind of stuff. And so that will help uh, allow you to... Because with the Google Drive uh, native apps, you can only have one Google Workspace account. So that allows you to mount... Uh, any other um, accounts. And it's not just uh, Drive. It's all kind of different Dropbox or other things wow. like that as well that allowed you to mount them right into your um, file system on your Finder. So, Is that Mac fine. only? You know what? That's a great question. I get it. I use it actually through Setup, which is another favorite of mine. And Setup is Mac only. I'm not sure if Cloud, cloud Mounter, I would assume is, but I don't know. I'll look. Um, I'm I ready.
0: Oh, you right. got one? Okay. Yeah, well, that, it was on. It was on the tip of my tongue, okay. anyway. No, it's, in, Windows in or David, Mac.
1: it's Windows or Mac,
0: Sally. Uh, in honor of David Seagull, who I was uh, an awesome guest on the WP Tonic um, show on Tuesday, but I don't know when it's going to get published. He was just an awesome guy. I'm going to recommend Meetup.com. Support them because mm-hmm. they supported everybody else, and you can attend meetups for free. And it's uh, I eventually found the prices. Uh, and it's only 20 bucks a month if you're a meet-up or a organizer. And it's it's a, it's a great service. And it really will help you meet up in the physical if you really want to.
2: And he dealt so, with my crazy long-winded questions, didn't he, Andrew?
0: I have to deal with them every week. Said, no. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, you guys, if you haven't tuned in to the weekly interview show that Jonathan and Andrew do, you should definitely check that out. Uh, Andrew, tell them when the, when that is.
0: Uh, go, it's on Thursday, uh, about mm, five five PM UK time and 8. 30, 9 o'clock. Uh, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock PST. Yes. Yeah, early Great. for John okay.
1: and late and for me. Find, and you can check that out uh, by subscribing to the YouTube channel or um, jumping into the Facebook group, Jonathan's Facebook group. So, Mastermind. all right, everybody, thanks so much Mastermind. for. Jo- a mastermind wordpress group thanks for joining us and all of our craziness uh we are super glad to have you around thanks everybody in the live comments do give us a rate and a review if you are listening on your favorite podcast app and we will see you all next week bye
0: bye hey thanks for listening we really appreciate it why not visit the mastermind wordpress membership group on facebook And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.